actually really close. Is that little hill dip? That's that, the one. Yeah, that little dip over you're, between and you're, you're uh, Kirsten and no, 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 I'm Verizon. I went back to Verizon. Yeah. So even me, after all that, you still. I actually gave him a little attitude, too. I was like, I'm going to get a better deal someplace else. And then I came back. I was like, all right, I'll take I, your shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why, they're st- that's why they don't. De- yeah, they're, we're Verizon. And I bought a phone. He's like, yeah, we don't have those. You're going to have to wait until you get. We'll give you the phone when we get it. It's basically what he told me. I was like, all right, I guess I'll just take it. Thank you for loving Thanks. me. I made almost $200 off of Verizon a, couple, a few months ago. Uh, Jen, Jen went to get a new phone and she's like, you want a new phone? I'm like, I don't know. What, what are you getting? She's the new iPhone 78 or whatever the heck it is. They're, anyway, they're in Roman numer- numerals now, I think it's like, are they? Yeah, it's like a Super Bowl. Right? I, I 14. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's like the 14 just dropped in the 14 pro, but they do like yeah. the X and 14 and pro the max I and, the v. and then the, the pro yeah. max plus. Oh, they do do the pro pro thing, the pro pro Just max. Whether you're having a heavy streaming day or not. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> the ultra absorbent. <laughs> so anyway, she got a thirteen. I have the like the twelve or eleven. It's like bigger, and I wanted to. I didn't want to go to a smaller phone, so I go back there, and they're like, "Oh, there's a fifty dollar restocking fee." It's like, okay, whatever. I just don't want this stinking phone. And uh, I sit down with the guy, and I don't know if he didn't know what he was doing or what, but he's like, well, this doesn't seem right. There's a $50 restocking fee, but it's saying that you're getting $175 credit. I'm like, how's that bad? Credit works for me. (laughs) And he calls his boss. He calls his boss. Boss is like, yeah, that's the way it is. I'm like, perfect. Here's your phone back. Give me $175. Perfect. Boom. Yeah. That never happens to me. I, I'll probably have to pay your fee when I go get my phone. You're welcome. And you'll thank Verizon for yeah, it. I know. And we tagged in another 175 Okay. Thank that you sounds so good. I thank have you. another. Yeah. I'm get out of here with my pants on. Yeah. But your phone works. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Now I can travel and talk on my phone. And now I have unlimited, but they didn't give me the, like... I have like the the poor people's unlimited, right? So I I get the last service. So if there's a bunch of people hitting the tower, I get like the the little dribble of data that's left over. Is that what it says on like the flyer? That's right. Like the poor yeah. unlimited. It's poor people pay. unlimited. It's my thousand dollars a month. Prostate unlimited. Yeah. Just, <laughs> you just get the little dribble at the end. Yeah. Right. No, we had that. That's the unlimited where it's like, yeah, it's unlimited, but like you have like five G or whatever, or you have LTE. Up to a point, then we're gonna dial that way back down to like some three G, and then you can use that three G crap all you want. Yeah, yeah, by yeah. all means, yeah. do you remember unlimited unlimited texting yeah. after certain hours? I remember when it, they used to charge you per text. Yeah, yeah, but then and then it was that magical switch. Yep, like nine o'clock p.m. and you and can that's text when it was all you on. want. It's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> let's do this on Crazy our time. on our T nine. <laughs> yeah, I had a razor. Was, I had a Blackberry. I, I think my Razor was my first phone. I, I was styling with that Blackberry. Snickers. Remember that Snickers bar, Nokia? Yeah, the Nokia. I had one of those. That was dope. Yeah. That was a good phone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a good phone. Did you guys, did you have a flip phone? Have you ever had one of those? Yeah. A Razor was a flip phone. Oh, yeah, that was a square Razor. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember which flip phone I had. Like the true clamshell. 
that's when texting was fun because you could get like four or five words on the screen. Yeah. How are yeah nine 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 five 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 three 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 two 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 two. When every phone came with a game Snake. Snake. Yeah. Got real good at Snake. Ah, uh, how far we have come. Did you have a pager? Never had a pager. I, I did. did. Yeah. Never had a pager. Nope. Well, this has been a cell phone talk here on uh, Freedom Cats podcast. It's good to be back. Good to be back, fellas. Good to be here. Yeah. Had a bit of a run in with crime, but crime couldn't bring us down. We're back better than ever. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. I mean, at top of the top of the show, though, I do want to. I feel like I have something to confess. Um, it's uh, it's now. I don't. I don't want to. I, I guess I can speak to an ongoing investigation. That's fine. I'm just a guy, right? Just an average <laughs> Joe. I can speak about whatever. Um, so it turns out. So a couple days ago, got a call. Uh lady says uh hey i you sold this uh vehicle a few months ago and uh, wonder if you'd like to buy it back the answer to that question is usually no <laughs> like no i'm good we're fine but i talked to you know, what, what what's going on she says well my daughter bought this mercedes from you and she's now in jail and she uh she can't drive the car she's gonna be locked up for a minute now as you know I myself done some time. I know how hard that can be. So I was sensitive to what was going on. So you bought the car back? No, but (laughs) I was sensitive. Well, Hey, I mean, I listened. (laughs) So send her a pack of cigarettes. So she, so I, so I'm like, all right, so I, I, I give, I make her an offer. I make her an offer on the car. Uh, she, she declines. She wants, more than what I think to be reasonable. And that was the end of it, but very nice, good conversation. So, so I look, I decided, I wonder, hey, I wonder what happened to her daughter. Like, why? What'd she do? Turns out she was a, a, a conspirator to organize crime Whoa. in our county. In our fair community. In our fair community. Yeah. She was transplant from Chicago. Well, no, she's from here, but she oh. was aiding and abetting okay. some transplants from Chicago. Ah, there we go. Had those ties. Chicago or Detroit? Uh, Detroit, one of them. What I'm, what I'm trying Michigan, to get at. Michigan, I think. Is, Mich- or yeah, Michigan. Pretty that's sure what. it's Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is that. that I may have provided the getaway car <laughs> to the criminals that robbed our community, including producer brian and uh, other than the car they stole out of my driveway other than yeah i didn't yeah i didn't that <laughs> if they would have tried to trade that car in that would have made the story so much better that would have been <laughs> sweet yeah. hey funny enough story guys i got the equipment back i took it in <laughs> on trade oh, you, guys, you guys do a little courting in your spare time or what yeah. no he'd just be like hey guys drop brian i've got my own i've got my own gear <laughs> stop Careful, knocking over stuff. So yeah, so that I just thought I, I really I need to get that off my chest. I might have contributed to the theft wow. of your car and other things. Twenty four seven getaway cars. 
That'd be a heck of a review. Like, yeah, I bought this car to get away and commit crimes, and I got yeah. caught. One star. But they got caught up in Michigan. So, I mean. The car made it all the way up made to Michigan. Up to Michigan. <laughs> yeah. 24 7 getaway cars. That's They'll something. make it up to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, maybe not. We'll work on that. Well, this is the Freedom Cats podcast. It is a show in which we four friends get together and present content, content that's important to us, content that's made some kind of difference in our lives that we think maybe is worth having a conversation over. And at the end of that, our friends judge us on our taste and tell us if our book, movie, whatever is worthy of being going into the Freedom Cats canon, the Freedom Cats library. What did we call it last time? Cat canon? Cat canon. Cat canon. So... Uh, this sounds like a good stage name. Like Cat Cannon. Name. Yeah. Start yeah. writing books under the name Cat Cannon. Oh, yeah. Like Clive Cussler. Yeah. Or a really bad idea for like a sporting event instead of t-shirts. Just like launching cat cats. <laughs> Just launching yeah. cats into the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants a cat? <laughs> we went from, my house went from zero to two cats in like the last six months started how's that working out it's all right i mean so we get this cat because we were we kept going through dogs because we expected our dogs to behave like cats you know let us know when you're hungry if you need to go out let us you know other than that just kind of do your own thing um we realized that we, maybe we were cat people so <laughs> i wish that, i wish this was dogs a bit did it take? i wish this was a bit um I mean, two. We went through two dogs. We okay. went through. We went okay. through two. Because well, here's what we had: this one dog. We had this dog that was. That's how that dog behaved. Like a cat, basically. Like okay. chilled out when it was hungry. Let us know when it needed to go out. Let us know. Other than that, everybody kind of did their own thing. Delightful pet, Zoe. R.I.P. Uh, and then so we kept trying to go back to the well. And so we, we would get this breed, this uh, Brussels Griffin. We'd get this breed and wasn't the same kind of deal. You know, it's kind of a hyperactive dog. So we got a cat. And my daughter wants to treat the cat like a teddy bear with a heartbeat, you know. So she's grabbing it and she's holding it. Oh, of course. It and, you know, and the cat ain't having it. Like, it just bites her and, you know. <laughs> and so now it's gotten to a point where the cat really – is cool with anybody but my daughter. Everyone else is, you can pet the cat, but Charlotte looks at the <laughs> Luna, the cat, and it's on. You know, Luna's like, what's what's up, man? You got, you got a problem? So, um, so it's getting pretty, yeah. And so she was sad about that, but she was getting over it. But then my, my, my sister-in-law was babysitting and uh, they went on a field trip and they the field trip they went on happened to be to a friend of hers house where the cat had just, had kittens and Charlotte found a kitten that when she picked it up didn't scratch her face off and so of course it was instant it was just the love was instantaneous and so now we're two cats deep so she's got her cat and the rest of the house has yeah exactly so the the older cats all for it like you mean you're gonna leave me alone fantastic right what do you call a female cat speaking of cat stories what do you call it? I mean, it's it's probably not what I'm thinking. So uh, 
you're going to love this. I, I had to look it up the next day. So had a surprise birthday party for my wife, had some friends over. Somebody about spilled the beans, which I just about had to wring their neck. But anyway, uh, big surprise 40th birthday party. And uh, a person called it out like, oh, that dude. I was like, well, a female told that dude. And the proper term is woman, not female. So we had this whole thing like, uh, no, female spans the animal kingdom. Like you have specific names for certain things like horse is a mare, uh, cow is a heifer, dog is a bitch. And I'm like, what's a cat is a, like, we have no idea what a female cat is. So I looked it up. It is queen. A female cat is referred to as a queen. Yes, queen. Freaking pretentious yes. ass cats. Yeah, that fits. Like, that's totally a cat thing. Queen. Yeah, cats are, like, if you fall down the stairs and break your neck, right, your dog will curl up next to you and die. You fall down the stairs and break your neck, your cats are eating you before you, the ball Yeah, a few cold. days. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. They put up with you just enough to get some kibble. Yeah. Yeah. I have two cats. They're both outside cats. The one didn't have a choice. That's what the cats on the farm used to be. They used to just be farm cats. And then somehow some of them snuck in. So, no. There is one or two that roam around the house with the dog. They're allowed in. So, for us, I mean, the Freedom Cats thing isn't just a gimmick. We are cat guys. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not saying I'm a cat guy. I'm just saying. How many cats do you have? No, I don't have any cats. You have none. This is back home. This is at the farm. Back back, back on the farm. Yeah, yeah. Or the compound. Yeah, there's no cats in my house yeah. that I know of. I'm not really a cat guy. I mean, yeah. a couple cats like at the brewery, cats. actually, in, in Leesburg. Yeah? yeah? Every time Chris yeah. and I walk in? Oh, uh, <laughs> You guys are some cool cats. Yeah. You know it, buddy. By the way, the, the, the party, great time. It was a good time. Yeah, was it a surprise for you too? It was. Okay, cool. <laughs> that was perfect. That's how I planned it. It's good. Walk it in and good. what's up, everybody? Yeah, the party wasn't for me. So the party speak, was for her. Uh, like, we're not invited if it was for him anyway. Yeah, probably. Probably not. Yeah. Um, what's our movie today? Uh, was it? Did you? There will be. Were blood. we supposed to watch a movie? Yeah. There will be blood. I watched that movie. You proposed yeah. it. Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, I, I remember. You had it on your as phone. A, as an oil. Yeah, I watched it last night. Uh, what do you call those guys? The guys that go oil to prospector? prospector. Prospector. That's what it is. That's the word. Yeah, he started out trying to uh, prospect for silver, mining silver. Yeah, yeah. and uh, messed up his leg. Got a uh, adopted son, H.W. from one of the guys that was trying to prospect for oil. Got hit in the head with one of those drill pipe things. Yeah, that was a gruesome scene. Yes, it was. It's uh, that industry still not a real safe industry. No, nope. yeah. no pretty not. dangerous work. The movie is sure. "There Will Be Blood," Paul Thomas Anderson's epic about story of America, the the fight between industry and religion, or what is going to own the heart of this country. Some call it the yeah. first ma- American masterpiece of the twenty first century. Yeah, I call it pretty cool. It was interesting. I think they did a good job of that conflict between religion and industry. 
Yeah. And how they crafted that narrative for sure. Religion portrayed by Paul Dano mm-hmm. as uh, and I was super confused about that when I saw the movie because <clears throat> he was Paul. Yeah. The person that went and the first told brother. him about the the location. Yep. And then I don't seem to see Paul again. And they're calling this person Eli. And I'm like, all right, this guy like psycho, like split personality between the music and, and the way he's portrayed. It's like, what is going on? And uh, actually, he was supposed to be Paul and just Paul. Mm-hmm. And somebody bounced from the movie and the uh, the director offered him the brothers so they ended up becoming twin brothers but it's not really spelled out they don't make it clear no yeah no not at all so throughout the movie you there are like wait are paul and eli the same person i like that though that that mud scene that's the scene that i was like wait a second this guy not know he's paul too (laughs) where he's talking to his dad yeah yeah so that was an interesting aspect to the movie it does add some intrigue too to the movie because they don't clearly spell it out. I made the, yeah. I made the assumption it must have been a twin brother. Okay. But they don't clearly spell it out. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and the uh, Daniel Day-Lewis character, man, he's wild. Daniel Plainview. Yeah. I, I, I looked at both of those as archetypes, like both Paul and what was the character's name, Dan, Daniel Day-Lewis's character's name? Daniel Plainview. Daniel Plainview. Daniel Plainview, yeah. that's right. So I view those as archetypical of the industry versus religion conflict. Oh, very much so. And They're so, caricatures, for yeah, sure. Yeah, where, where some people would be like, there's not a human being that would act like that in either case. It's like, no, they're not supposed to. They're supposed to represent, you know, this kind of uh, get-it-done-at-all-costs perspective from industry and the lunacy that can, you know, sometimes take people over when they yeah. go the re- Religion direction. Sure. Yeah. And I was like, that actually is really clever the way that they build that conflict because it doesn't ever seem that crazy at first. Mm-hmm. It always just seems good intentions and then good, you know, what is it? The path to hell is paved in good intentions. That sort of phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. I think Daniel is a character who is solely driven by his own greed and success and being, being the only man left standing. Um, everything's an opportunity from the moment he adopts HW, right? And this is my partner and son, HW. You know, I mean, it's it's a bit. It, the whole thing's yeah. a bit. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, you know, and throughout the movie, to your point, I think he he proves incapable of having any kind of any relationship. You know, he's got the brother, even though he desperately wants it. Like when his when his brother shows up, his or the the guy portray, pretending yeah. to be his brother, you know, Daniel has proven you know to be incredibly savvy throughout the whole movie, right? He lives by his wits, but this dope from Wisconsin's pulling one over on him for who knows how long. I mean, no, I mean, I think when I when I see it that when I watched it this recently, I I looked at it and thought Daniel knows that this guy is not on the up and up fairly early on but he's so desperate for that connection that's right he wants it to be real and then it gets to a point where that guy the the endorphin rush of having this guy in his life wears out and then he calls him on his bullshit and drowns him 
which is pretty intense. But, but yeah, I mean, the, the book is, I, I've, I, I, I've, I think somewhere the movie is supposed to be, it's religion in America, but it's also the four, first four books of the Bible. There's some kind of tie in there. There's a lot going on. It's a hmm. thick, thick movie, but like a lot of those movies too, you can also just look at it as a guy, story of a guy. Um, you can enjoy it on all those different levels. I love this movie. This is a great pick. Yeah, I uh, I was very intrigued and enthralled by the soundtrack too. Uh, actually, I didn't realize this. I was looking stuff up about it. Uh, the guy from Radiohead actually did this soundtrack, which is pretty wild. And it, I like the fact that the soundtrack almost to a certain degree drove the movie itself. There were a lot of scenes with very little, if any, um, actual speaking, but the the music itself kind of drove it. And you could tell like different phases of the movie or different um, scenes in the movie that were very different musically to to set that that tone. So yeah, I, those, kinda, those I really high, like that those pitch tones. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, just yeah. like you just can't feel comfortable. I mean, yeah, the thing is, um, one of the one of the last great like uh, practical <laughs> effects movies. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, PTA like they built that rigging and blew all that stuff up. I mean, this isn't. Marvel CGI kind of stuff like these guys like they had to film it at night to get the night or actually I think they no I'm sorry they film it during the day that is one thing that they did was they they film it during the day they blow everything up and then they make they digitally make it night that that part they did but okay um yeah it caused problems for no country for old men it did yeah yeah no country for old men was filming and they they could hear the explosions from the other yeah all the all the smoke and everything caused problem for their filming for for that movie the coen brothers so question if this film depicts the the fight or the struggle between industry and religion for the heart of the nation as we sit here in 2022 who won i mean industry wins at the end of the movie plainview bludgeons eli with a bowling pin and says, I'm done. And that's the end of the film industry wins. At least that's what the film is saying. Right. Where are we today? Right. I think the conflict still rages on. Yeah, it's still going. Um, but overall the, the industry that wins is the one that uses religion at the same time. Yeah, I think yeah. that's we've got to we've got to be able to appreciate how religion has taken on a new face. So there's there are people who subscribe to a religion they don't even know they're subscribing to, right? A tribe that they feel like is outside the realm of what we have traditionally called religion. Oh, capitalism is now in and of itself a religion. Well, you've got capitalism, you've got wokeism, yeah. you know, you've got all these different isms. Um, that people start to subscribe to and they follow it with a blind faith. Like they're not using logic. They're not using common sense. And so, I mean, I hate to say that is what happens with religion, but I mean, we're reasonable people, right? So I think, I think that's what's happening is religion's starting to take a different, it's, it's starting to take these different faces and people are subscribing to it, not realizing that's what they're doing. Well, here locally, if you think about it, like we, there's an interesting 
like if you look at it at a, at a microcosm of our community, right? It's the uh, it's the birth pet place of orthopedic of the orthopedic industry, mm-hmm. right? But it's also like it's Billy Sunday's old stomping grounds. Like there was like a major national revival that occurred in this same little town, th- yeah. this thing. And yeah. to this day, like you still, I mean, I don't know. If, I mean, there are probably more like people with like biblical PhDs in the 10 mile radius of us right now than in any, you know, um, but there's also an, an enormous amount of engineers and, um, so I think it's it's interesting that so in our community, what would you say has had the bigger influence on our com- community? The industries that were birthed here, or the religions? No, it wasn't birth; they weren't birthed here, but the because I would say that our churches have had a far more bigger impact for good and for bad in our community than our orthopedic industry. I would well, tend to agree. Uh, I don't know. I that I think, I think if we subscribe to that as an argument, it's very easy to just say, "Well, for good in our community, churches by far, by far, churches have done more good." Because just you have to then you go down the path of, "Well, what does good look like?" And you know, what do you mean by good? Um, as far as economic impact, I would say probably the orthopedic industry has had a more profound that's fair i think i was thinking culturally um like this town doesn't feel like this town doesn't this community doesn't have a culture of like of high industry for me or high corporate industry for a place that has the world headquarters of these play of these companies it doesn't have that feel like in my mind like it i think that's a fair that's a fair assessment this still has the farm town feel even though right off of 30, you got these billion dollar businesses. So instead yes, of- and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm surprised that the billion dollar businesses have not had as strong, have not had a stronger cultural impact on the community. It's surprising. It's rare. I think I that's think. fair. Yeah, I think, I think that's it's a rare. Fair, that's a fair assessment. And what, what, is, what is that? Why, why is corporate, I mean, you have like, you have, you know, uh, company towns right where that is the culture of the company is the culture of the town like it, it sure. is yeah. I just, it's not the case here and why is that i think i think it's a if if you're asking me my opinion on this because i'm not going to probably have the right answer but i have my perspective there are three major industries in this area right so you've got orthopedics you have agriculture and you've got water those are the top three industries that kind of bring in and support this county um, orthopedics is, is a large industry, but it's not, it's not the overwhelming industry. It's not the only industry. And so you have, I think this is why there is this kind of fractal element within the community. So you have like the ag part of the community and you do have the, the higher end feeling parts of the community and you do have the lakes, right? And they're representative of their own little, their own little, um, community. Right, because I think that's what they are. I think we have we've got these little fractaled um, communities, and and so orthopedics isn't steamrolling everything, um, but at the same time, a lot of the orthopedics it was like people who started, like uh, the the Millers, right? They're from here. They started here. They kind of created a family focused mm-hmm. orthopedic company, and so they were a big chunk 
of what this community was. They were a big chunk of supporting what this community grew into. And they have no reason to like try to turn it into, you know, an East Coast town. They have no reason to kind of turn it into Boston or whatever. And so their investment was to just take this community and kind of support what was already going on. And now the people who run the companies, the high dollar jobs, they're out. They're not, they're not yeah, they're not even here to make it, it a cultural impact. Yeah. And so if they were really hyper focused on turning it this into what it's not really the orthopedic capital world. It's the hip and knee capital of the world. Sure. And hips and knees are commodities. So news break for anybody out there who doesn't realize this, we've got a commodity product here in Warsaw. So that's not gonna revolutionize town. We have to pivot as a in that particular industry, we have to pivot into something that's gonna be the next wave of what healthcare, orthopedics, all of that's gonna be if we wanna see this town really, you know, change from that industry. And I don't I don't see that happening anytime soon. That was a pretty long winded answer. It was, but it was uh, pretty much on the nose. I mean, uh, you look at how the town changes culturally when, you know, all the executives are in town versus, you know, when everybody's working from home. That's a, th there's a big change there. I mean, working with the public in two different spots, uh, you talk about being fractal, like, there, there's the bars you go to where all the ag guys are at, and there's the bars you go to where all the, uh, you know, the the orthopedic guys are at, and you know the lake people have their own little communities, and uh, so yeah, I think that this area, as far as putting a, a weight against industry or religion, it's a lot more people that are not in our area that make a big impact to. Uh, what this community is uh, because you've got a big section of people from Indianapolis that come here on a regular basis, big section of people from Chicago for that, that Lake population. And um, you know, then you have the industry bringing in people from, you know, around the country and overseas. So I think culturally as a whole, I think our community is benefited from not just the industry but the lakes in the area our area sure uh, for for what we have but um my argument would be a lot of the industry stuff that you see affect our area culturally is not something that's proclaimed like hey we did this you know a yeah. lot of the parks things like that even you know restaurants in the area that are really nice restaurants have ties to those people that are in that industry. Sure. Um, so uh, they're not being from the area, you know, the, the founders and whatnot. I think that's part of a nice thing is that, you know, we're not generally those people that go out and shout that, Hey, I did this or, Hey, I gave you this, this stuff. We're pretty humble overall, no matter what you make of yourself. And I, I really dig that about this particular area. Yeah, I mean, the testament to that is the Millers, right? Yeah, for sure. Their investments, they, I mean, people around town know, you know, their investment in the skating rink is going to have their name on it, which it should, rightly so. Right. But if you go into Winona Lake and you're traveling along the shops, most people don't know how that that whole process happened, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who was yeah. the driving force behind that. But there's so many people benefiting from that yeah, investment. For sure. Yeah, the problem is you know, they're not walking through that door anytime soon moving forward. Yeah. Right. 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 The tr that tremendous investment has also left a tremendous hole that we, we need more and more people to step up. 
hundred percent. Um, this, well, and it's, I, I wish people would be able to take a step back as a community and see that what Winona represents is something the community can invest in. I mean, uh, I mean, literally invest their dollars in, but also rally around as a community. People like going there. It's a pleasant experience. It's a place where you get outside and you connect with people. And if we want this county to thrive, we need to have more of those rallying points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also would love to see those other surrounding communities invest in themselves and create their own. Like, I don't want to go to Winona and then have to, I don't know, I got to go back to Warsaw. Like, I want Warsaw to be thriving, too. Like, I want Warsaw to be a destination. Sure. I want Warsaw, you know, and I want yeah. Leesburg to be thriving, have its own cool thing. Like, you got to go to Leesburg for these kind of things, you know, like, and because um, there is that part of it is, I think part of it is the, the, the part of it is a little bit of is the, is the college, but it's also, the you know, there was a, you know, as I understand it, because I'm not from here, but, you know, Winona Lake used to be the wrong side of the tracks. And then the Miller invest, and then it, that paradigm flips. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how many times I've been in, you know, there have been a few times doing like triathlon and other stuff where you're like, oh, I just love Winona Lake, but Warsaw, oof. Not so bad. You know. it's, not, no. <laughs> it's partly Compton, right? There's, yeah, that's right. There's no dangerous parts of Warsaw. Yeah. I don't know what you're. What they yeah, were. but but there is that. But there is that towny. Oh, there is that towny vibe. Sure, right? there yeah. is that. You know, we yeah. talk about these different. Um, and, and every I, community has and I, that. And I get it. It would be nice if the view was this is great. We've got a rallying point. How do we connect that energy to Warsaw and turn Warsaw and Winona into kind of like sister? sister experiences where the people of Winona are just excited to transform downtown Warsaw into a similar experience. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Or, you know, the right person just gets an office and just takes Winona Lake over. Just embrace that whole area into the war. I mean, they don't have, they don't have a police force. I mean, they do kind of, but they don't really need a police force. Do they? Do they? With the full brute force of, what do they call that when you, bring it in the you're incorporating it yeah just call it all warsaw colonization colonization (laughs) well yeah yeah like the borg i think that are assimilating that are that are yeah the colonization has been taken care of at this point like we're um but yeah i just i think that's that's and this movie is i think this movie is making the case at the end that the there is no ongoing tension any longer that the, the argument was settled and that industry won industry and that you see the commercialization of, and I think the commercialization of everything, including religion, religion yeah. is, is, is proof of that. Like, like yeah. I remember, I remember when, like when, it makes me think of like when I was, uh, when I was going through my youth group journey, a very popular thing at that time was like taking trademarked logos, but like, making them Christian-y, mm-hmm. like, Jesus Christ, but it's in the Coca-Cola logo. Like, that was like a, that was a, that was a very yeah. strong yeah, fashion trend in the, um, or the, uh, I remember listening to, like, like there was a big kind of, I remember, there was this big revivalist thing where it was like, uh, you're going to break your secular CDs and you're going to embrace Christian music. And we've got a 
Christian music CDs right in the back for you to buy after we've, you know, convinced you to break your bad ones. And, uh, but, uh, and then all of them was like a lot of, you know, then the way they would market that was if you like, if you like ice cube, you're going to love this guy kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that, that kind of mass commercialization, I think. Yeah. They're saying that, yeah, the, the arguments, the argument is over and that the industry won. Chambers of Commerce cutting ribbons in front of churches all day, every day, all over the country. I just, I feel attacked as somebody who has just recently stood in front of like a little church and cut a ribbon. No comment. That's all right. You don't have to. <laughs> no, I mean, this was, I mean, this I is. I made my comment. No, but. <laughs> it is what it is. No, you know, I, 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 your comment's well taken. I think that there are, but there are partnerships that can occur within the two areas. I mean, like, for instance, we have a very serious childcare need in our community, right? And we have these churches who are empty Monday through Friday, who are, pro, are partnering with businesses and providing volunteers and providing daycares and providing kind of filling in those needs. And somewhere I feel like those partnerships are valuable to our community. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, this, this idea that uh, I, I, I'm in no way disparaging the benefit of the church entity, whatever branch denomination, whatever the, the idea of having uh, a communal source of uh, participation of aggregation, you know, it's a powerful thing. For the longest time, churches were where people would go when they had a need. It didn't matter if it was something, you know, you needed food or you needed, you know, health care, mm-hmm. medicine or support financially. The church was the place to go. It wasn't this giant, inefficient monstrosity we call government. And so there, I think there is still a great place for us at a church. I think churches still provide huge amounts of value and good in the community. And I think they will continue to do that because ultimately we, we as a local community need to figure out how to rally and come together and help each other. And churches have always been the place where you do that. And they will continue to be, they will continue to be. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, personally, I think we benefit from turning inward for a little bit within our communities um, I think we are all guilty of being too broadly focused. There's too many things. Why do you look at me when you say that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, bro. I, I feel like. Do I need to bring up the minor minors again? <laughs> no, 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 but I think that no. I, but I do think that we are provided with if it was so many distractions and so many niche communities. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we were. In some ways, I think we were better off when we had more of a monoculture, as weird as that sounds, where just a sh- shared experiences. And I'm thinking that when I say monoculture, I'm I'm really looking at that through like the lens of like television. Okay, when I mean that, right? When we had four channels, there was a shared kind of experience on a national level. Like 80 million people watched Nash or the the excuse me the the finale of Mash. Those are shared experiences, right? That give you that sense of a national community, right? I mean, but when that, as that has splinter, continued to splinter and splinter and splinter and splinter and splinter, like I, like I used to, I, I, I naively thought that there were like eight streaming platforms, and then I just got this new TV that had, I had no idea 
the amount of like streaming platforms there are. Like there's like the horror platform, but then there's like the hardcore horror platform. And then there's the, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. All, and it's continuing. It's just this fracturing of culture. It's this continuing splintering of culture. And where, when you can't find a singular community, you need to get it where you can. And that's when the, that's when it comes down back down to geography and focusing in on the communities around us and less on the national and less on the big picture. I think what I hear you saying is that when we're when we're utilizing these, um, we'll call them social media and streaming platforms, they're pre-programmed to create division. No question. They do that because there's there's everybody needs to. Right now there is a there is a rampant urgency porn phenomenon. Things have got to be urgent. They've got to be. There's got to be all kinds of anxiety. There's got to be a reason to engage in a discussion. So the, the streaming things that are fed into eyeballs are built to reinforce that. Everything's got to be super urgent. Everything has to be super divisive because if it's not, it doesn't register. Nobody goes, nobody wants, nobody wants a community in the streaming platform. They all want anxiety. They all want this conflict. Um, so if, if we rely just on that to get our information, we rely just on that to get our opinions, of course, we're going to just become divisive. You would say that. I would say that. So when we... You would, yeah. When, <laughs> yeah. So the counter, the counter argument to that is a mechanism, like you're saying, to create a tribe we can protect, to create a community we can protect. Create something we're invested in, a family. And the only way to do that is to find something we can agree on, something we all value. Churches are great at it. Churches say, hey, here are the things. If you come into our club, here's what we agree on. And you either subscribe to it or you move down the road to, you know, the next denomination that hates the other denomination because they've got, you know, one line that's different. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but at least everybody in the building agrees. Sure. Calling you out, right. Martin Luther. So, so the idea, the idea is to create the, to create that community list so everybody can subscribe to it and yeah, go get, go get your urgency porn from streaming media, but then come back and say, Hey, I'm glad I live in this town because we all agree. This is the stuff we value. Yeah. And so mono, I don't know if I'd call it monoculture, but it starts to look a lot like monoculture. If you get everybody on the same page and everybody agrees we want to do these things and we value these things, I think that is one culture. I think that's a good thing to strive for. The trick is to be able to make those things so valuable that everybody else that comes into the area also wants to be a part of that track. Yeah. Well, I just think there's also like a real danger in eliminating subculture. Subculture is important. And if everything is accepted, if everything is if you're supposed to just accept everything, if everything is part of culture, then you eliminate subculture. And again, subculture is where rock and roll was born and punk music was born and where division comes and where you, where you can disagree and where you can revolution is born in the subculture. And if we eliminate that and the way you eliminate that is by making everything, everything acceptable, everything right. acceptable, everything, everything you have to respect everything used to be you could say you know what i don't agree with what you're doing but you're an american just like me and no one can take away your rights just because i disagree okay now what i just said is bigoted 
Oh, if I, right, right. If right. I disagree with you, my words are violence. And it, and by not accepting you, that's violence. And that right there, that is, as you have mentioned before, that's tri- that is designed specifically to trigger division. The idea of making everything okay, everything co- eliminates subculture, which eliminates our ability to be divisive. Do you think that's from social media, like the isolation onto a phone? Like, as opposed to, you know, being that group of guys that goes out and grabs breakfast and drinks coffee and debates each other. Like, having a face-to-face, like, I don't agree with you, is way different than having a thing where you can type 40 characters and say, screw you, commie, or And also, too, yeah, the other piece of it is, is that, like, you have people that are in your life strictly in social media. Absolutely. Right? And when you're face-to-face... And you're invested in this community, in this actual community. You know, if you and I have a disagreement and it gets heated, I'm still invested. I'm invested on a certain level to make it right, right? We, I mean, we are invested yeah. on because for the value of this community. A larger community. But right. if I know you just from that social media, like, if we disagree or, you know, unfollow, block, right. and now that's out. And then yeah. that can, and that continues to increase. Then, they, then that that, but then that's when you get into that echo chamber where it's only th- people, it's only those things that you agree with. It's only those things that appeal to you. It seems like that the social media like aspect of only those people that you agree with is it it bleeds back over into real life as well. Oh yeah. Where like now that I am I am isolated in this archetype of who I am, I will only hang out with people in real life. That are in that same sure narrow yeah. lane. Well, and like you know? Chris is saying, we, we've gotten to the point where um, we've eliminated the valuable boundaries that have circumscribed the the things that are uh, infungible, the things that that we all agree won't change, so that we can have meaningful discussions in the subculture frame, right? And so, because we've eliminated that, it's become dangerous to have a conversation with somebody who's not in your small subculture it then you start getting called a bigot or you know whatever whatever the words are that people are using this bridge yeah some sort of phobia yeah right yeah and it completely takes away good conversation those conversations are important they're valuable they should be happening people should have different we come from different life experiences we need to be able to have good mature adult conversations knowing that we can love each other and not come from the same place we can have different experiences. We can have different opinions. It's okay. But it's, yeah, your way of thinking should be challenged. 100%. To strength, to both to, for you to strengthen your way of thinking, but also to call into question. Like, it, I mean, there's wild things that you go through. There are wild thoughts and emotions that you have throughout your life that what things you believe that, I mean, if it's suddenly like the idea that like, I mean, I think it's bad enough we ask people to decide what they want to be professionally at the age of, like, 14, to, you know, the, making those decisions, let alone, yeah. like, questions of identity and questions of who, who you're going to be. And you, I think so many, we've gotten to this place where, like, people, you might feel a certain thing. You can feel emotions and you can feel for seasons of your life. And you, unfortunately, and we kind of... Spoke about a little bit on what I think will 
safely and forever remain a lost episode of the Freedom Cats podcast, but we spoke about <laughs> permanent. Maybe when we do the premium club membership. Yeah, yeah. it was real yelly. Um, <laughs> but a point that was being made is there are very permanent surgeries that are happening over mental and emotional, potentially mental and emotional seasons that people are having. And yeah. that's where it gets dangerous. Yeah. I agree. I and it it becomes one of these things where you guys ever watched the Orville? You guys ever the Star Trek knockoff? Yeah, thing? the seven, no. You guys are all right. I'm not even gonna make Sorry. a point then. Okay. Yeah, an episode that I thought was <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Seth. <laughs> Give us another one. Tell ask us about another show. <laughs> no. Come on, and go. First one that comes to mind. Better Call Saul. Did you watch Better Call Saul? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Pretty good finale. They stuck the landing. Yeah, it was good. It's good. No? Nothing? No. Nothing. No. no. Actually, that whole Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, that's a universe right there. Sure is. They made a universe right there. Yep. Yeah. To contend with the MCU. Yes. Were their infinity stones though? That's right. When they did that big ending with the circles, you know, the the sorcerers yep. letting everybody in, they should have had like Brian Cranston. <laughs> yeah. What's Church. up, bitches? <laughs> it could have been in the van, yeah. just like masks on. Yeah, Cranston would be like, "Look at this infinity stone." <laughs> See, it all it all fits. Yeah, it, it all fits. It all works. Um, anything else about the movie that you liked and enjoyed? I just like the greed of the oil man. I'll be honest with you. Daniel Plank. Like, I mean, he's so simple in it. Like, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. And he comes across as a good guy. And then after the fact, you find out that it's all about his pockets. Yeah. Really. When he, he tells the kid at the end, like, you're not even mine. Yeah. You're an orphan. Yeah. You're going into competition with me. Yeah. Yeah. That was, there were so many good defining moments in that evolution of his character that it wasn't really his character evolving. He was always that guy, but you could just see how that character would evolve into this monster. By the end of it, it's yeah. like nine o'clock in the morning. He's down, he's on his third scotch. You know, he's just hanging out in his own bowling alley. I mean, yeah. he's sleeping eating, in the bowling alley. Eating a piece of leathery steak, just yeah, grabbing yeah. it and chewing on it with his brown teeth. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that early morning rant was epic though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm drinking your milkshake. Drainage. Yeah. 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 That was that was quality for sure. I uh I found that pro that whole scene interesting because the you know, Eli comes back and it's like, Okay, I'm gonna get mine. That's exactly uh, he just like you're an idiot. Well, at the end, oh, Eli, the Eli's, got the, so... Eli's in the suit. And he's got the bejeweled cross necklace on. I mean, he's completely sold out. At oh, that. Speaking of series, Righteous Gemstones. Ever seen that one? Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I have not. No. Super worth good. a watch? Catch it. Yeah, it's super yeah. good. It's super good. Um, so, yeah, he lost all his money in uh, the crash. Yeah. Yeah. And he basically gave up everything he believed in to make a little bank. Yeah, and he had sure thought he had that. He thought he had that one last card in his back pocket. The bandy tracked. The bandy tracked. Physics is physics. If you drill out of the drill the oil out from everything around your little piece of land, drainage takes yours too. 
Yeah. I've got a long straw. It goes from my milkshake. <laughs> so good. Like 10 feet away and runs over with his straw yeah. in your milkshake. Yeah. So, you guys ready to vote? Sure. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's an absolute yes. The movie's fantastic. Yeah. I'm going to say, no. I'm going to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, the There Will Be Blood is part of Cat Cannon. Absolutely. Goes on the shelf. Right next to, uh, did Condor Man make it? Oh, yeah. 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 That? Yes, 100%. It's bringing it back. You, you keep asking that. Oh, he's coming back for it. Watch. You know what? He's going to talk it? about freaking carrots in a cart no, I, uh, in a second. Yeah, I just had to throw it out there. I knew it was coming. I know mine didn't. I, yeah, I know it didn't make it. Um, so who's picking who's that? I love how we evolved the movie title. No, it's carrots in a cart. <laughs> carrots carrots in, a cart. in a cart. Yeah. 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 It's a baby cart to hell. Cretans. Um, your pick next? Well, I think I have to go no country for old men. I mean, right? Uh, yeah. The movie that this one yeah. affected. Well, well. What is he using to kill people? What is that's uh, used for killing cattle? Yeah, it's a good yeah. It's a yep. little air hammer. So it just shoots a little bolt out. Okay. And it's got enough force that it punctures the thick skull of a cow. Was he, in the movie, was it was it for sheep that he, I don't remember. No, it was for cattle. Was it, well, I know it's used for cattle, but I didn't know if uh, he referred to it as being used for sheep or someone did. So. Well, we'll have to but watch same it thing. find out. Yeah. Same thing. Putting them down. Yeah. That's a good movie. That our second Coen Brothers? What was our first? Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Can't go wrong with the Coen Brothers. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, I mean, they're not all great. They're not all. Whoa. They're, when was the last time you fired up Hail Caesar? <laughs> uh, no. Well, okay. No, I'm sorry? It, mm? was, was that George Clooney? It was. Yeah. George Clooney, yeah. yeah. I just watched it last night. Did you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I've never seen it. It's stupid. It's I hate it. <laughs> I'm just saying, they're not all, I mean, it's not, I mean. I hate that movie. It's a high closing percentage, but they, they're not all winners. I kind of regret even bringing up No Country for Old Men now. Why? Because <laughs> we obviously, all three agree, we hate the Coen brothers. We're going to get hate on that Caesar. show, too. It's I'm the just stupidest saying, movie no, I'm ever. Just, I, I'm just, all I'm saying is, is that they are, you know, capable of. Have you ever made a movie, Chris? No, have it. <laughs> I want have to see it. this movie. We should make a movie. I have an idea for a movie. Freedom Cats Network first movie. Is it going to impact our culture locally? Um, my movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my movie's called No Money Down. Okay. Ah, starring Jeremy Piven. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to hear about it real quick? Is it, is yeah. the end of it? You sell a car to a couple that then goes on a crime spree. All right, here, I want to tell you my movie real quick. <laughs> Want to so, hear go. This movie movie is about a, a young kid who he's he's on his way to college, uh, but then his uh, he, his his father is is horribly uh, loses his father in a car accident, okay. has to stay home, has to take care of the family, so he starts selling cars, right, and he's doing okay selling cars, uh, and then the car lot that he's do, that he's at decides to bring in one of these traveling sales teams to come in, you know, 
do a big marketing thing, bring in cars, you know, sell a bunch of cars, and then on to the next lot, right? So this traveling sales team comes to this kid's car lot. And, uh, you know, there's, it's, the, the traveling sales team is kind of made up of like sort of your inglorious bastards type, you know. There's Old the calculated there's salesman. the funny one, the dangerous one, the sexy one, right? I mean, there's all sorts of characters in this traveling sales team, and but they're led by this really charismatic sort of like sort of Josh Brolin type guy, you know. Um, and uh, he he is uh, he's got a he's got a lady friend, very very attractive lady friend. Okay, keep her in mind. So. Um, now one, one of the, one of the things about this traveling sales team, they bring cars to you and they're always really nice cars. So they sell these really nice cars, like, I'm like, you know, Bugattis and things, they sell them on your car lot and you, and the car dealership gets a percentage of it. It's great. Right. It's great. It's a win-win. So, uh, traveling. So our, the traveling sales team is there at the car lot and our hero, we'll call him Stefan. Stefan is our hero. So Stefan, uh, he's doing really well and he's connecting, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's having moments with the guys, you know, everyone's talking trash kind of a thing. And he's like, and you know, he's selling a lot of cars and he does so well. And it suddenly no more problems, right? He, he comes home with a big check. They pay the mortgage and he, he, he connects with the people and the charismatic the charismatic guy will call him Brian. Brian's like, hey, you should come out on the road with us. Oh. And he does, right? So he joins the team. And then they're going city to city, right? Then here's the montage, right? The traveling montage. They're going yeah. to city to city. Cash is rolling in, right? And, uh, you know, they're hanging out at night and they're going to clubs and everything and everything's good. And he's starting to connect with this girl. And there's a tension there, right? Because now there's kind of a potential love triangle, you know, because she's also with she's also with Brian, the the the, the head the head boss guy. So then uh, then they get to this town, right? They're in Virginia, and they're in Virginia. They're in this town in Virginia selling cars, and uh, the, the 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 female, right? Uh, we'll call her Bonnie. Bonnie says, uh, "Hey, let's go get let's take this car for a ride. And let's go let's go get lunch." She says to Stefan. Sounds like a her ride, right? So they, so Stefan, so Stefan, Stefan and Bonnie jump in this Hellcat, right? And they're going off to lunch. Bonnie's driving, and she's taking hot corners, and suddenly goes down a dirt path. And Stefan's like, oh, "Okay, Bonnie, right?" Gets to her, and suddenly, black SUVs, tinted out windows. Federal agents come out, pull them up. Bonnie says, listen, it's going to be okay. They take him away. Bonnie, undercover FBI agent. Come to find out the traveling sales team. No, not just a traveling sales team, but drug runners for the cartel. Bum, bum. The, cars, the cars that they bring onto the lot that just happen to sell for hundreds of thousands of dollars. No, right? with heroin <laughs> so bonnie tells stefan listen we need your help you gotta bring brian down with us so now he's on the road so yada 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 there's kind of like a point break tension right he's like i like brian stefan's like i like brian but he's a criminal you know and so then <laughs> so then at the, it comes to this culminating thing. Dude, I saved your house. Yeah. So, so then, right? So then, at this last car meeting, right, in San Diego, they're going to meet up with the cartel 
you know, El Chapo guy. We'll call him Jody. <laughs> Jody El Chapo El Jodo is uh, he's he's gonna they're gonna meet at this location, and this is their chance to bring down El Cho El Jodo. Jody El Chapo. So, so then, so they get to this like, and you know, they, they, there's a deal, and then suddenly, you, find, you know, Brian finds out that Stefan portrayed him, and that Bonnie portrayed him, and you know, the the feds they take down they take down El Chapo and uh, El Jodo. El Jodo. It should be El Gringo. El Gringo. El Gringo. Yeah. El Gringo. Who would guess? El Gringo. Yeah, 100%. So then there's this moment, right? So at the very end of the movie, Brian has got Bonnie, and he's like using her as like a human shield. And he's like, hey, Stefan, what did it cost for you to betray me? And Stefan, who throughout the movie, sorry, throughout the movie, he's been, uh, he, Stefan's been learning to shoot a gun. Oh, awesome. Right? Early in the movie, he's crap. But Bonnie's been working with him throughout the movie, right? And so, Ste so, so Brian says, hey, Stefan, what did it cost for you to, to betray me? And Brian says, boom, and right between the eyes. Psh, he says, no money down, credits. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you ended just there. No one credits. Oh, they and said then mid credit the scene. Name George of the Clinton. movie in the movie. Name, the of, name the of the movie in the movie. Yep. Yep. Well done. That's my idea for a movie. I like it. I like it. I thought you were going all the goods there for a second. Stefan thought Brian was his dad. I know you were getting yeah. all crazy there. Yeah. Dude, I'm, <laughs> what if Jody, <laughs> what if El Gringo is his dad or killed his dad? El Gringo killed, killed his, his dad. dad. Right. I don't know. Hey, hey, you need to know something. That guy that you know, Stefan, that guy that you've been bonding with, he killed your father. <laughs> And then at some point in the movie, that. he's got to say, I am your father. Mm. No. 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 All right. Yeah, oh, is it, better, is it better if Brian's your dad? No. 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 Or Brian no, killed no. your dad? If Brian killed your dad? No, or, no. I helped him save his dad's El house. El Gringo. Out of guilt. Because you know that El Gringo killed <laughs> his dad. <laughs> yeah. There it is. <laughs> your dad wouldn't get on board with us. So yeah. we had to move him out of the way. Yeah. There you go. No money down. No money down. Wow. And then sequels. TV show. Whole universe. Prequel movie. We'll bring in Predator, and we'll bring in the Fast and the Furious crew. We'll have yeah, there Predators you go. driving the Fast and Furious cars. Dun, 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 dun. Predator. <laughs> dun, 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 Yeah, lots, I mean, there's something here. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Coming to a dealership near you. All right. Well, that's all for us. That's it. Are we gonna Are we gonna start putting in little movie references in the movie? Is there gonna be a guy pushing a baby cart at some point? <laughs> it's just unnecessary. It's just full of carrots. It's just. Oh, it's a flashback. You know, it's a flashback guys, you know to what? the assassination like of my father. Or hell, you know, billboard. You guys keep bringing back. You guys continue to bring run it back to Shogun Assassin. Is this your subtle way of expressing your regret? Dude, for the that horrible decision great. you made. It would be so great to do that, though, to have like someone pushing a baby cart next to a billboard says, do just, you know where you're going to go? Just like just little, says yeah. on the billboard. Just little references to the Freedom Cats podcast, like mentions <laughs> sure. to the Freedom Cats podcast no, in the background. Nobody would pick up. Freedom Cats you know. expanded universe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. All right. Well, yeah. that's all for us, folks. I'm Chris. I'm Jody. Stefan. We are the Freedom, Freedom Cats. Meow. Meow.